Well, it was chaos for F2 and F3 on the streets of Monaco last weekend with red flag penalties and a few safety cars. Let's review what happened in Monaco last week and also preview for F2 and F3 in Barcelona coming this weekend. Welcome to episode 13 of Formula Talk. Joined by me is the lovely Tom Downey. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. And yourself? I'm very excited because I'm getting my new car tomorrow. <laughs> Fancy. So, okay. I know. Yeah, I can't I even drive. <laughs> talk, <laughs> talk about motorsport and can't even actually drive a car. I ride motorcycles, though. That's it. <laughs> that's, um, that's, that's even more badass. Dangerous. <laughs> more yeah. dangerous kind of thing. But yeah. before we start, we must thank our sponsors as well for this episode. So Bet Online is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA basketball playoffs bet online is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs from basketball to mlb to nhl hockey to golf to ufc and boxing to name a few the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games are available to you to play right through your phone or computer make sure to get in all the action today by going to the website or using your mobile device to join in on all the action make sure to use the promo code believe that is b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50 percent bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts so let's get into it let's let's start with f3 because that was a little bit of a quieter one compared to f2 so i want to give it a little bit more time on that one because we have a lot of things to talk about so tom how was qualifying how was the entire weekend because there wasn't as much kind of chaos, but there was still little bits and pieces of it here and there. Yeah, so F um, F three was actually fairly. So they were they were fairly well behaved, to be fair. Um, you, you know, I, I, I will confess, I didn't see the uh, the races live because uh, I was off on the Friday and. The sun was out and a barbecue, which involved alcohol, which involved a very long and deep sleep. But I did watch it afterwards. I did have to watch it a few times because I kept falling asleep and watching the highlights. Um, but I did watch it eventually. Um, and yeah, it was uh, for uh, just just to give you a very, very sort of quick rundown. Um, so as we discussed on the preview show, both F3 and F3 were split into two qualifying groups, mainly just because of the amount of cars compared to the amount of track space. Um, in qualifying group A, uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, I believe it was, yes, it was um, Beganovich uh, on pole with Luke Browning, Luke Browning second and Sebastian Montoya third. That was in qualifying group A. Now, I used the word pole. Um, that's not quite correct because I can see Sophia giving me, you know, giving me death stares because in qualifying group B we had Gabriel Mini, Paul Aaron and Kyle Collett who are our top three there so once we put those once you put all those together that's what actually gives you your your um, your grid so to speak so it was indeed Gabriel Mini on pole and that was with a time of 123.278 he was comfortably the quickest Um, he was a good sort of six tenths quicker than than uh, than than everybody else, which in a spec series, pretty pretty damn impressive. But just looking very quickly at the sprint race, uh, there weren't any sort of significant incidents of of note. Um, it was uh, it was it was Joseph Marty. He, he 
he just brought home he, he, he brought home the win. Um, you started on reverse pole, so in the main qualifying sessions, he finished. Uh, uh, he he qualified P twelve, which put him on reverse pole for the uh, for the sprint race. Um, I always get sprints and feature confused. Um, mind you, I am easily, I am easily confused. Uh, yeah, I mean he he led he led likes the flag. Um, you know, he, he he won by. I'm fairly certain it was it was it was eight seconds if if not more, um, and uh, and then behind him you had the trident of Leonardo Fornaroli, battling with Gregoire Saucy, ultimately kept Saucy behind, um, and then then uh, Fornaroli uh, came home P two with Saucy around rounding out the podium. Just the, the, uh, sorry. Then if we move into the feature race. As mentioned, it was Gabriel Mini who who was who was on pole. As you'd expect, Gabriel Mini won the race. You don't say. Um, he was uh, he, he didn't have a huge sort of lead over over Baganovic um, to to towards the end. He only finished on 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 the last. Bear in mind, it was the last lap, lap twenty seven. He only finished four tenths ahead of of uh, Baganovic. But then Boganovic was a good seven seconds clear of Paul Aaron, who came home to to round out the podium and uh, and then and then um, get a very very good result for for Premier. I mean, you know, Premier getting a two three. You know, they're, they're probably wish they had Gabriel Mini because obviously Gabriel Mini, Italian driver, you'd like him to race for Premier, the Italian team. But you know, so it's, it's not it's not quite not quite the Alpine of S three just yet. Um, and and yeah, uh, the. the uh, there, there, there were some good battles. Uh, Sebastian Montoya was having a right good scrap. Um, I can't remember who with, but I remember he was going up through. He was going up through two and three uh, on 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 the run down to uh, to the right hander bef- before Mirabeau. Um, and yes, he. Uh, I I am certain he got disqualified after after the race as well. Uh, I'm. Uh, I cannot tell you what for. But I am a hundred. Uh, honestly, I am because I, 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 I remember watching the highlights, and then afterwards, I'm sure I saw that um, that, that that Montoya got that Montoya got DSQ'd. Unfortunately, can't find any info on it. He received two penalties following uh, the conclusion of the feature race. Firstly, he was handed a five-second penalty after being found to exceeded the pit lane speed limit. Um, so he got classified as P28. And then he was <laughs> then disqualified from the race after left tire was found to be used on the wrong side of his car following his pit stop. So double pit stop problem. So first he was speeding in the pit lane and then his people... And then his, 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 his pit crew didn't exactly help him. Maybe they were watching Sakia 2020 highlights, who knows? Um, but yeah, that's uh, that, that, that was a that was a real, real sort of uh, sort of slap, slap in the face for, uh, for Sebastian Montoya, who, put it this way, if, if you listen to his team radio and the way he's racing, there's no doubt who his father is. Um, you know, there was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it was quite entertaining. And for those of us who, who were, you know, a little bit odd like myself, who, who remember um, Juan Pablo Montoya's radio messages, this was, this was definitely the second generation. But yeah, F, um, F, I was going to say F2, F3, I'd say a very successful debut in, in Monaco. They, um, it, 
it was it was pretty clean all all the way around. I mean, you know, there were obviously you know, a few incidents here and there, and you know, yes, um, I believe it was in the uh, in the sprint race um, where it was one of the tridents. Um, I want to say Ida Cohen. Um, he was he was he's battling with a seamate, and then. And then go, going going through turn eleven, I believe, which is which is to back. He ended up in the barrier and brought out the safety car on that one. So stuff like that is it's like you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying you can excuse it, but it's understandable why it happened. I hope you know what I mean by that, so. But um, but yes, you know, it's it's you know, it's not like they were driving around like Lance Stroll was in in F in F one on the on the Sunday, yeah. So yeah, you know, it's 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 a mad. It's a it, you can you can tell it was a good weekend of racing when we're praising F three for driving better than some of the F one drivers. Do you think that it should be like a mandatory place on the calendar now because of how good it was, or is it still kind of up for discussion? For me personally, I think it is quite good for it. I yeah. I just think the timings of it as well is a little bit difficult because obviously there's so much to pack in that weekend. It is. They're probably going to be the last teams, like last kind of series to kind of be like dropped out from it as well, though. Um, but to be fair, they had it more clean. They didn't even have red flags compared to <laughs> compared yeah. to how we had in the future race in F two and many many more penalties in um, F two than in F three both uh, in both races. So, what do you think? Um, it's the. I'm trying to sort of take my views of Monaco out of it because you know, because you know, my view of Monaco is it's it's had its time, but but motorsport has outgrown it and it should be kept as a as a historic sort of event. Um, but you know, forms part of the crown all the rest of it, and some of the drivers on in the F3 grids and the F2 grids. Well, the, well you know, I say some, most of them. Are not going to end up in F one, only a, a only a sort of select handful are going to be you know you know even going to make it into an, into F one, um, you know and then and then after that you you've you've only then got one or two who are going to be the next rising star if you like, so I in that sense I think it's good because Monaco. Um, how to put this? Monaco provides a challenge like no other track on the calendar, both for F1, F2, and F3. And the drivers will learn an awful lot from racing around there. Looking at a logistics and a sort of pragmatic side, that is where the issue is. Because you know, I've never been to Monaco, but my my parents have been there a few times when they when they go away and stuff. And and they said um, where the pit lane is. The, 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 they said it's unbelievable how you can fit even just one, one team in there. And if you look at how much stuff comes with motorsport, you know F one, F two, F three. When they come to these circuits, there's a reason why when you see like the overhead shots of Silverstone or Hungaroring or Spa or whatever, you see massive trucks and everything. Here in Monaco, they're halfway up the blinking hill, so. It's not easy, and that's one of my concerns. Is is the logistics side of it? I mean, it, it's obviously worked to a point this year, but obviously, as spectators, you and I don't know, you know, if 
if they, if they might have been thinking, oh, heck, are we going to have tyres five minutes before a session starts because you couldn't get down the hill kind of thing? And that's that that's that's where I'm just a bit, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I've been to Monaco. I was there last year just before, it was the weekend before the Formula E Prix. So they were setting up everything. So I was able to walk the track. And where the support paddock is, is actually not even a proper paddock. It's actually next to the school up on the hill. And all the cars are lined up on the, like, open street obviously it's all closed off but yeah like it's always fearful because especially for ftnf3 you have only a certain amount of equipment crew like the caddies and everything to carry everything over so god forbid running out of front wings or tires and everything that is very much a concern so i do get it i think it, it provides a good challenge for them um like you said with f2 and f3 some of these drivers won't ever get into f1 they might get into porsche supercars they might get into formula e which both also race in monaco which is a nice kind of feat to have as well but yeah it's hit or miss. it provides really good entertainment i was expecting a lot more from f3 in regards to rookie mistakes and i was pleasantly surprised that i didn't see as much as i was expecting and if you listen to our previous episode when we were talking about it my opinions were very strong about people potentially having flags and crashes, which obviously you don't want, but with how narrow that, that track is, and obviously with the weather kind of was potentially on the cards kind of thing, it makes sense. By the way, I think my prediction is one of the better ones as well. <laughs> I'm just going to start off for both F2 and F3. I think I had the better predictions, but we'll go into the F2 predictions <laughs> a bit later. Um yeah, I mean, it is a good one for F3, but let's just take a look at F2 because I, I want to get into that a lot more because there was some definitely some controversy and a few discussion points onto that. So Frederick Vesey was able to start from pole after qualifying top position in Group B. Um, he was able to battle with Terrible Share for the top honors in the second group and was ultimately um, ended up the fastest after a late red flag. Victor Martins would also line up on the front row alongside Frederick Vesey um, as he was the fastest driver in Group A. His time, I will pull it up correctly. Yeah, Frederick Vesey put a 121.053, which the second fastest was way off. Uh, Teo Pocha, I believe, had a penalty, so he was um, not starting in P2. I think he was starting towards the um, back of the grid, not back of grid. I think he had a three-place grid penalty, if I'm not mistaken, because his time is faster than his um, teammate of Victor Martins. But looking at the sprint race, it was Owasa who pretty much got his championship uh, battle on track with a sprint race victory on the streets of Monaco. He inherited the lead of the race early on and never left to go, managing two safety car restarts to take the win by over six seconds. So very similar to how F3 went as well. Jehan Deruvla shadowed the um, shadowed Owasa throughout the 30 laps, but couldn't make a move for victory, while American Jack Crawford held off Richard Vashore for the final podium position. At the start of the race, Isaac Hajar, who was starting in P1 due to the reverse pole, um, pole grid, was able to get a good launch into turn one and was clean up until lap 10, while battling Amory Cordillo Kushmani was pitched into spin after a contact with Klamek Novlak as well from behind, pretty much blocking the track and several drivers behind him. Because of that, the virtual safety car was deployed and Novlak received a 10-second penalty. 
he had a lot of battles in that sprint race as well, uh, Clement Novelak, with many different drivers throughout the uh, throughout that race. But because of the crash, Roy Nassani and Ralph Marshall were out after getting caught up in the incident and, and unable to get going again. But by lap two, it was a full safety car up until lap six when racing started. Isaac Hajar was able to keep the lead initially, but into turn one, he slowed down to mechanical issues, giving the lead to Owasa. After two laps, Owasa had over a two-second lead over Daruvla, and Isaac Hajar retired shortly after. Halfway, Daruvla was able to take the lead, but was unsuccessful, and the pair created a seven-second lead to third-place Jack Crawford. Fittipaldi, who had some really, really good overtaking in the <laughs> sprint race, was able to pass Cordillo onto lap 22 into turn one with DRS assistant, the only section with DRS, to be honest. Um, however, it wasn't Cordillo's day, as it was made worse after contact with Juan Manuel Crea, which left the driver in the barriers, requiring another safety car. It was quick repair and racing went on away for lap 24 with six laps to go. Owasa had the jump early, which led him to finish race with over six second lead from Druva. And then Crawford, as mentioned, bounded out the podium. So that one was a little bit chaos, but the big one, I think, is the feature race. And similar in F3, if you start on pole in Monaco, normally you're going to finish first. And that's exactly what happened to Frederick Vesey, who won the top spot after a red flag and safety cars. Pretty much he maintained the lead from lights out. Uh, Teo Pocho was able to defend from third as a Jack Duran, pretty much going into turn one, wanted to try to take over that third position. Um, starting on option tires compared to the rest of the grid, pretty much, Ollie Behrman was able to make great progress in the first few corners from 16th on the grid. A move into turn six, Hairpin earned him 13th position from Clermont Novlak, and he wasn't there. As into turn 12, he dived on the inside of Amory Cordial to give him P12. To, uh, P12 on a busy opening lap for the Premier. Four positions in the opening lap of Monaco as well. This Ollie Berman is definitely going to be one to watch. Like if he didn't prove that already in Baku, that's also another big case in point. No DRS, no support at all. Like that's amazing. Four positions, yeah. and not even by the end of the track. By the, only by turn twelve, there's still more turns that he could have overtaken in as well. Yeah, I, I mean, he was he was putting that car in places where you know where you think, oh, you're really going to fit a racing car through there, but he was just like fair play. You know, you know he, he was he was putting in moves, and you know he 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 must be the um, he, 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 I'd say he's he's my driver of the season so far. Okay, he's a he's a you know I, I you know I. But when you, you know when you think about Nietzsche and stuff like that, then he's been getting the Baku and his sort of like overall consistency, especially given um I was kind of hyping up Taylor Pocher, who has just descended into that. We both did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, he's a he, he's 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 choking a bit this year. So yeah, no, no bear man. I mean, just keep going, kid. Just keep going. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, definitely one to watch, and it's proving it now in this round. But 
Continuing on with the feature race, Fittipaldi's race came to an end on lap 19 when the car had to pull onto the side of the track at turn 12, bringing out the virtual safety car. It was withdrawn after three laps to get back to racing, and then Vesti was able to lead by Victor Martins by over 5.2 seconds on that restart. Crazy. Um, that, however, that advantage was swiftly wiped away when Dewan hit the barriers at turn four on lap 22, resulting in a safety car. Uh, it pretty much brought the leaders in for the mandatory pit stops. Vesey rejoined the lead with Martin's second and Porcher third. He did not have a really good pit stop as well, Taylor Porcher. Um, it was, I believe it was a double stack or yeah, it was a double stack forward and he came in second and his front jack was not straight properly. So when they took one wheel off the side, the jack came down and then the car was flat. So they had to like lift the car back up to put jack on. Obviously, thank God it was doing like the safety car. So like it was fine. All cool kind of thing. So it wasn't as much of a lost time. And obviously you can't really overtake as well. So he was still able to retain his position, but he was flagged for that as well as a um, unsafe release as well from the FIA. Um, but pretty much... If you watch the clips of that accident with uh, Jack Dune, I am very proud that he was able to get out cleanly. Like, obviously, that car was a mess, so much on fire. But the split-second decision of Zane Maloney, that was... He went, obviously, some over the carbon fiber on the other side, which is also not the racing line, so super dirty as well, but narrowly missed it as well. Absolutely, like, that's when you need the quick reflexes as well from these drivers, like... That was a split second decision because also it was on the blind side as well. So you couldn't see what was happening as well. But because if you're watching this on YouTube, like I'm speaking with my hands on it, Dewan's car was literally straight across the, um, on the turn. So it wasn't even like going down, like, what do you do with normal racing? It was literally blocking half of the track. Absolutely. Well, but really good, able to, uh, missed that um, Sam Maloney. Um, he also made his mandatory pit stop with Richard Restore for fourth and fifth place. One man, one driver needs to mention as well is Dennis Hauger making his mandatory stop and serving a five second time penalty for gaining an advantage on the opening lap. He was able to rejoin in P6 as well. He made up a lot of spaces in um, that race as well, starting quite below in qualifying. Um, pretty much. Because of that, most of the drivers completed the mandatory pit stops, and then a red flag was flown on lap 24. Now, I mentioned this because that's two laps after the accident happened. It took them two, two laps, so that's what, like three, four minutes to make a decision for the red flag. And that's purely because they found the barrier, because there was a piece of his car, Dewan's car, in the barrier, and they had to replace the whole barrier why couldn't they just call it straight away? Because also the track was completely sud with whatever fire extinguisher solution that he did. That would have never started so quickly after a safety car. It should have been a red flag straight away. What do you think, Tom? Yeah. Uh, given that there's been talk recently about, um, you know, about motorsport being too quick to throw red flags, that should have been a red flag. I don't know, especially on a on a on a circuit like Monaco where there is nowhere there is nowhere else for people to go. It, you know, you know, it's not like they can take your runoff. The runoff is the sea. Yeah, yeah and you know, we all know how questionable the the the, the um the the wet tires are anyway. 
So, you know, it's just, I, I couldn't believe what, what, what I was. Yeah. Was, yeah. It just, I, I'm, 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 I'm trying not to be too harsh from it, but, but you know, given, given that it was blatantly obvious that the bias had to be repaired or you can just investigate it. Mm-hmm. And again, a Monaco, there is not room to do an investigation like that on a barrier. This yeah. is not safe. Imagine if a marshal, uh, I'm not going to say it because I don't want, I yeah. don't want to bring up that kind of conversation, but just I, sort it out. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it did work out quite nicely with having the safety car for at least one of the laps so they can hit and do the um, changes, the tire changes. But even then as well, like, like you said, Monica, these streets, props to the marshals as well. They were so quick and on it and everything to get it done and sorted. The only reason why it took three laps after the red flag was thrown um was pretty much well yeah because they had to yeah they did three laps of um kind of prep kind of um well kind of prep uh reconnaissance of how safe the track was so it was able to start on lap 27 but yeah it was crazy and because of the red flag and the delay it did it was able to go down by time not even by laps we didn't even have a full kind of completion but there was also another controversy as well surrounding decisions of the FIA, and that was because on lap 27, it was the racing was started via a rolling start. However, if people were watching it live and could see the times and the visuals, nearly half of the grid went even close to the starting line for the race to go green. This created a nearly 42-second gap between the top 10 and the others behind. I understand the streets are very narrow and very like it's a short track, but 42 seconds, that's literally almost a whole lap close to being behind from the front leaders. It should have been a proper start. It should not have been a rolling start because that made it so unfair to all the drivers that, fin- that were like P11 down because it was too much of a gap. DRS obviously is powerful, but not that powerful. And there's no way of overtaking. It just, it was a battle for top 10 and that was it. Like everybody else kind of just was left to, do whatever kind of thing um within the top 10 though uh the battle was pretty much changed entirely after victor martins was assigned a drive through penalty for failing to slow under the yellow flags behind the safety car um he served it on lap 31 coming out into p8 so pretty much six uh, six positions down but following the red flag the race went to time and Vesti completed on lap 33 to win the feature race 2.5 seconds from table chair. Now, the one week I decided not to say this person as my predictions for P3, he is he what he came in P3, like the one time we've done what 13 episodes, we've done five rounds of this. The one time I do not mention Zay Maloney to finish P3, he does it. it in, Mo- in Monaco as well. Uh, I, oh, uh, I was um, texting you as well um, about this. And I was just like, um, great. Like, I, I feel like I shouldn't say his name anymore. He might get some more podiums now. Just leave him out of my predictions. I guess you could call it a lucky for some. <laughs> God. Ah. Yeah. The, babe, I text you and, and I said, the one time you do not, <laughs> you do not predict him for the podium. And he gets it. I was so oh. livid. I was so upset. <laughs> I mean, I am, I'm very happy for him, though. I will say that I'm very happy. He has his podium. He has his points. Really happy. Really enjoy it. 
but I want to win our our battle who's going to get the most correct predictions. So at the end of the season, so that's my competitive side coming out on that. But yeah, so that was Monaco. I mean, overall, it was a good weekend. It was interesting for both. It was super early starts for me. Like I, I watched everything, so I was up at six in the morning to get ready for seven o'clock racing. Did everything, press conferences and everything, sitting on that, watching the reviews and everything. So it was a bit bit chaotic. And now we got to do it all again because we're going to Barcelona this week. So I'm excited for that. It's one of the more traditional, it is the traditional um, circuit for um, F2 and F3. They also did testing there as well. So they know the track. So let's just run down a little bit of the information. Let's start off with F3. So following the same as um, F1, it is 4.657 kilometers. They have removed that chicane towards the end, which we mentioned in the Grid Talk preview show, which should be live by the time that this episode goes out. So please take a listen on that. Um, Sprint race is 21 laps. Feature race is 25 laps. First time um, F3 went to Barcelona was in 2019. We don't have the fastest lap, and that's purely because of that change of the chicane. But looking at the sprint race winner, it was a driver that's no longer in F2 or F3, David Vidalis for Campos Racing, the Spanish driver for the Spanish team at a Spanish Grand Prix won the sprint race um, last year. However, Jack Crawford finished P2 and Kyle Collette finished P3 in the sprint. In uh, feature race, it is now all F2 drivers. Uh, Victor Martens winning with Roman Stanek in P2 and Isaac Hajar in P3. Tom, what are we thinking then for predictions? Because the person that the only there's only two drivers who have had podiums um, last year are still racing in F3, and that's Jack Crawford and Kyle Collette. Do you think that they could maybe get the top steps or more podiums? Um, I think I think Kyle Collette could def- definitely get a podium, and I think Jack Crawford again to be up there. Part, part of me, you know, a few weeks ago would have, would have said, oh, yeah, but, you know, Taylor Pochet, he's going to come through. No, he's not. He's going to whiff, and he's going to finish, like, P5. <laughs> um, so... I don't know. I'm, I, I'm going to back what I said earlier, and I'm, I'm going to say... I think Oli Berman's going to have another good weekend. Okay, so what what is your poll, what is your podium, and what is your bowl for F3 for Barcelona? Also, Oli Berman's F2, not F3. I know. I, 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 I really hope Daddy noticed that because I was I was just trying to style it out in, in, my, in my, my head. Yeah. But I, 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 I knew I'd, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, but let's hear your predictions. Let's hear it. Okay, so I am going to say uh, Gabriel Mini is going to get pole and he's going to win the feature race. Um, reverse pole, well, actually, no, not reverse pole, but the, the, the winner of the, of the sprint. Say so, uh, Gabby Bortoletto. Oh, so you think he's gonna finish uh, qualify like P12 or down because it's like P10 or down because of the reverse grid and win or be higher or, up and yeah, everybody or, kind of crashes or fails? Uh, yes, to all the above. 
Fair enough. <laughs> what about P2 and P3 for the podiums? Uh, Putting you on the spot there. Yeah, you are. Thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> we've, done, we've done so many episodes. You know, I won top. I won the podiums, uh, not just yeah. pole. <laughs> what uh, about bold? Uh, bold prediction. Um, Hmm. Well, I tell you what. Let, let, let me go back to my podiums. So I, I think I think in in the feature race, it's going to be um, it's going to be Gabriel Mini, uh, and then I'm going to say Kyle Collett and Gregoire Saucy for the podium in the feature race. Then in the sprint race, I'm going to say uh i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with what i said i'm not gonna not gonna, not gonna change my mind uh i can say gabriel butler to, to win then i can say i can say paul aaron and part of me wants to, wants to say sebastian montoya but i think he might just overdo it so i'm gonna say franco colapinto okay okay and bold uh one of the uh, actually, no, I'm going to specify the Sharif driver, Sophia Flores, to get points in one of the races. Okay, I like that. I'm all for it. Okay, I think I think Dina Beckerbeck will take pole. Um, I think in sprint race, I think it will be Pepe Marti that takes the win, followed by Zach O'Sullivan in P2. And let's go Oliver Guthrie, P3. That's my sprint. My feature, I think Dina will take win. I think Luke, uh, no, actually, I then say Gabriel Mini, P2, and Gabriel Bottoletto, P3. Because they are one of the more consistent-ish drivers. I mean, there's only... There's only one driver that has scored points in every single race this uh, so far, and you would never guess who it is. Who? Gregoire Saucy. Oh, he's P3 in the standings, but he's he's yeah. been more consistent, but he just doesn't have as many wins compared to Mini and Bortoletto. But yeah, my bold, I'm going to follow a little bit similar. I did this last episode for the Monaco preview. I think four drivers that have zero points to date, so that is 18th down, will get points either in the sprint or feature race. So, yeah. I think that's quite a decent one. Yeah. It kind of yeah. works with yours as well. You, you're just being very specific on one driver. I'm saying I have more options. <laughs> I have 12 drivers I could choose from, maybe. Do, do you know what? I, I was half expecting... I was legitimately half expecting you, you to say... And Zay Maloney, not on the podium. That's up too. <laughs> that was twice now. <laughs> uh, uh, well, can you tell well, I'm excited about tomorrow? Yeah, fair enough. Carmine. But speaking of two, obviously we're racing there as well in Barcelona. They've been a staple on the F2 calendar pretty much since the beginning. Again, as of F3, there is no current lap record due to the change of the chicane. Sprint race is 26 laps, and the feature race is 37 laps. Looking at the results, it was a double win, 
which was one of the first ones in F2 calendar last year. And it was Felipe Djokovic that won both the sprint and the feature race. Um, rounding out the rest of the podium, it was Amuruwasa, if I can pronounce that properly again, um, which Amuruwasa was P2 in sprint, and then followed by now William Shriver, um, F1 William Shriver, Logan Sargent in P3. In the feature race, as mentioned, Felipe Djokovic won, followed by Jack Dewan, and then Frederick Vesti. So then, Tom, what's your podiums, pole, and bold for F for F two? And you can say Ollie and Zane now because we're talking oh, about F two. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks. Anytime. <laughs> yeah, God, you, know, you really look out for me, don't you? We yeah, really, really, got, really got each other's backs. I like that. Um, I'm gonna say pole. I'm gonna say Iwasa for pole. He's, he's sort of just like he's just there you know he's just, just sort of like ticking along I'm not even going to bother saying push air anymore because I don't think he'll do it um, for the for the sprint race I'm, I'm going to say Frederick Vesti is going to win and he is going to be joined on the podium by hmm, I was going to say Dennis Hauker but I don't actually think so um, I'm going to say Isaac Hadjab because I think he's going to have the bit between his teeth um, after Monaco, um, and then I'm gonna say no again, not Jack Dewan because he's been awful this year. Um, I'm gonna say Richard Vashaw for for the for the uh, yeah, and then in the sprints I am gonna say ooh do 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 do. Oh, go on, oh, go on. I can say Ollie Behrman, and then I think I'm I'm gonna back I'm gonna back your beef, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Zane Maloney P two P two not P three P two, and then I am going to say Victor Martins runs out of the podium. Okay, and bold. Uh, they all behave this weekend. On a track like Barcelona, that could be very possible. Besides mechanical issues, um, yes, yeah, so, yeah. So take mechanicals out of it, but. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, right, you know, just that 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 run into turn one or that long right, or you know, I, I think it's technically two and three, the long right hander, mm-hmm. um, which rounds out which rounds out sector one. It's just like I'm almost just like anticipating some shenanigans. Yeah. So let's uh, let's see. Hey. Okay, that's fair. Um, I think Paul. Hmm. I think Paul will be. Don't go. Do I want to go random? Not random. Yeah, Paul. I Ollie Behrman. I'm gonna say that. Um, on the podium for the sprint race, I say it will be Darubla P1, Kashmani P2, and Arthur Leclerc P3. Given given the Leclerc curse last week in Monaco, which we didn't really speak about much, but he did. He, it's now passed on. The first time he's ever raced in Monaco, he DNF'd and had a really bad, <laughs> really bad weekend in Monaco for his first ever home race. But everyone's been talking about that, so we're not really going to dive into that that much. Um, for feature race, I think Fairman will win. I think P2 will be Oasa. And then... Do I really want to say his name and then he just does bad, or do I just want to leave it and hope he does good? <laughs> I don't do know. Do it. 
do what? Leave him out or keep him, <laughs> keep him in the podium? No, I'll say his name. Yeah, why not? We'll go Zay Maloney P3. Why not? If he does not score points or like does not get podium this week, I purely think it's for me saying this as well. Obviously, it's not true, but like this has happened now. Every week I've said that he's going to get podium. He doesn't either doesn't get podium or rarely gets points or DNFs. He's <laughs> it's just not been good weekends for him. But yeah, I think for bold, ooh, I think. Either in the sprint or feature race, there will be a post-race penalty that will change the podium. Oh. Okay. I don't say who's going to be or whatever, but I, because we don't even know. But, like, I think there will be a post-race penalty that will be, like, either three-place grid, time penalty, or five-place grid, something, but it will affect the uh, the podium positions. I don't know. I've something's my feeling about that. I like I, I, I like how inherently vague that is. Come on, we've done so many episodes. You know I'm going to keep it vague. I just don't want to be super niche about it. It's more statistically possible if you keep it more vague. Well, yeah, true. But, All right, yeah. yeah, I'll give you that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I well, I think that is pretty much. It, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, quickly mention congratulations to Joseph Newgarden, who won Indy 500. Um, that la- oh, God, it was three and a half hours. Absolutely mental. L- some crashes. Glad that everything, everybody got all right. Kyle Kirkwood came out um, really good after his uh, terrible accident. Stingray Rob as well. Like, everybody. Oh, Marcus Erickson and Pato Award. Ooh, flashbacks last year. And obviously the takeout that Erickson did to Pato. I was not fan. I was watching it. And it was obviously so close to the end, and I was so hoping that Paddle was going to win. Oh, did my head in on that. But congratulations to Joseph Newgarden for joining the um, Indy 500 winners list. But yeah, um, if I mean, if you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of the 72% of people who've not yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like, subscribe, share, or follow. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Next week, we'll be looking at reviewing Barcelona. And then we have a little bit of a break before going to the last kind of few races before the summer break. Um, I believe... No, F- F1 Academy won't be on at that time, but we'll have a, a bit to, to discuss, maybe even throw in some more IndyCar or if we have your formula that's starting soon. We've just started Frecker. We started having so many different other support series um, and motors, uh, motorcar series starting around this time. So might get into a bit more when the season's kind of a little bit quieter. But Formula Talk is available on YouTube where should be recording live. Still don't. Still going to be at some point, maybe for one-off episodes, but at the moment it's pre-recorded, but you can find us on YouTube though, but you can also find us on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Cast. Just search Formula One Grid Talk to find our backlog of our shows, Formula Talk, but also our sister show, Grid Talk, which has previews and reactions to qualifying and race results. Uh, please consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get mic slides and better recording equipment. And again, make sure you're subscribed to the first to know when each new weekly episode is released. We'll be back soon with plenty more F- F1 content, Formula Talk content. 
we will be reviewing the Barcelona um, F2 and F3 race and maybe a few other races as well. Thank you, Tom, for joining me as always. Pleasure, pleasure. Bad sorry, timing I was, on that. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was mid-cough then. When, I'm when so sorry. That's all right. But, yep, thank you very much for listening to Formula Talk presented by Bet Online, And goodbye. Thank <laughs> you.